Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, folks. Welcome to The Hang. Today we're hanging with my friend Emily. It'd be pretty hard to have a hang over the last six months or so, and in fact, moving forward without the pandemic being part of the conversation. It has and continues to affect us all in our own ways, but we try to look for the diamonds in the rough, as they say. Emily has certainly been able to get through these tough times with a focus, a goal, and a determination. I found that really inspiring and encouraging, knowing how Emily had to figure out how she was to navigate herself during these times, not be idle, and also not have her future be in the hands of the events of this year. This pandemic has slammed our industry. Emily wasn't going to be defeated. I'm really proud of her and glad we have found some time to hang, catch up, and share. Welcome to The Hang. Emily, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, this is very strange, isn't it? <laughs> I was thinking about it. It is strange because we're like less than 20 minutes apart down the road. And we have to, we have to do it like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We can't, can't come and say hello. It's not your fault. <laughs> Tier four life. It's fine. Tier four life. <laughs> I will talk about what you've been up to over lockdown. As much as I don't want to talk about pandemic and viruses <laughs> and all that shit. It's all we listen to every day. I'm tired of it, you know? Yeah. I just, well, I don't even watch any news updates or anything. So every time someone says, oh, we're doing this, I don't really know why. But it just gets depressing yeah. otherwise. So. <laughs> yeah. I. It's been a couple months now where I've stopped, especially mainstream media. It's, yeah. What's the point? No, it's just, just, it's just so negative and there's just no time for that. <laughs> no. We need to stay as positive as possible. At the moment. Yeah, I, I'm the well is truly dry for that sort of stuff. So I needed to just walk away from it, regroup, just take care of those around me. And that's exactly. all I can do, you know, I'm super inspired by what you've accomplished. So I think yeah. we need to go backwards. So folks, obviously, get to know you. You've done a lot of Western work. We officially met when I saw Hadley in Young Frankenstein. Yes. When I came with Mandy, we, we got to meet backstage and have mm-hmm. remained friends ever since. Yeah, I had a bit of a fangirl moment with my friend Gemma, didn't I? So <laughs> <laughs> Hadley was like, oh, Remain's coming to see the show. And we all just went, what? Okay. And I remember literally me and Gemma running downstairs and standing by the door just like, oh, he's here. <laughs> That's ridiculous. We had a little moment, didn't we? <laughs> you were just like, who well, are these I'm two weird we girls? <laughs> 
So after Frankenstein, mm -hmm. what, did you go on to another show? What year was this now? That was, I mean, Frankenstein was a couple of years ago now, maybe three. Wow. Man. It was a long time. I, time has gone so fast. I mean, obviously this year has gone so quickly, but um, yeah, I've done two things since then. I went straight into Pant. Well, it wasn't. No, I did. Oh my God, that's even longer ago. I went to See, do this year Wizard I've of totally Oz my... oh, right. after Young okay. Frankenstein in at the Birmingham Rep um, for like a panto season, but it wasn't panto. It was a full-on three-hour show. Um, right. So I did that, yeah. And that was like for a couple of months. And then I found it really hard to get work after that. I was just auditioning pretty much the whole rest of the year, um, doing lots of auditions. Um, and then I got panto. So literally I had nearly eight months not not working um, in MT, did other work, and then did pantomime, and then I got Matilda, and then pandemic. So That's right, because you were, when, we, when the lockdowns officially started happening and mm. everyone around the world knew, uh-oh, there's something yeah. going on. I was Where in Manila <laughs> in March. So, yeah, we... Um, we, I got the job in end of January and they literally just did like one set of auditions. Um, cause they only, they already had most of their cast from the previous international tour. So they were just mm -hmm. filling up the puzzle really. And, um, we did rehearsals pretty much straight away and then flew to Manila, opened, we did nine shows and then we got flown home. So that, that was literally oh so heartbreaking just because you literally just have a little taste of it and then that's it and it was just like oh it's very frustrating but it it's, was, it's such a great show and it's a beautiful the tour show, you're yeah. about to embark on and to the be in Manila was incredible. of all places too so <laughs> yeah. last place you want to leave I know it was it was a stunning place but we were lucky that we got what we got in all fairness like we've all um especially the UK lot when we've spoke about obviously coming home and how it's affected us we were just like it's just frustrating that we didn't get to do more of the tour because the setup was amazing um but we were grateful that we got to open the show at least because obviously a lot of us that was our first time doing the show so we were grateful that we got nine shows out of it um because you have well you have to really be <laughs> grateful for that if we had if we had done all the rehearsals and not got to perform I think that would have been a worse scenario so I think yeah finding what you can be grateful for in that um and that was kind of it really because <laughs> I was like we had an incredible cast and yeah nine shows out of it which was more than nothing so yeah I think it was frustrating but there was also because it was out of our hands so much that actually made it easier it wasn't as if it was like, oh, we're just closing this and you're just going back to auditioning or something. It was like, you're going back because you have to and there's nothing we or anyone can do about it. And because it's out of your hands, you kind of have to just ride the wave. And that's what we've obviously all been doing since March. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's very, very strange. But to think that that was happening and like a few of us spoke last night and we were saying oh we would have been in China last night all together and it's just like oh my god it's yeah crazy thinking that but mm. <laughs> I try not to think about 
what this year has taken, I guess, necessarily taken away from me personally as well with travels. Mm. It's the longest I've been without being on a plane, (laughs) you know, environmentally it's probably a good thing, but spiritually and creatively, it's like, oh man. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's just because it is out of our control. And like, I appreciate that people are trying to do so much to get around things, but there is so much that can be taken away from the fact that we just can't be on stage right now. And obviously I know like you've been lucky enough to do bits and bobs on and off stage, but still having that presence of being there full time, it's just not the same. And you can't find that until we actually go back to work properly. It's just not the same. That's right. And also it's that relationship with an audience. They, Mm I think are missing being there as well. And it's an escape yeah. for them. It's something they love to support and it's love. It's a, a source of entertainment and escapism, which I like to do whether I'm on stage or in the audience yeah. and to lose that relationship. That's kind of built into a bit of our DNA into who we are. Absolutely. and what we do. That's been difficult. Like I think as artists, we get extraordinary moments and the extraordinary, mm. most of the time it's ordinary. And then we get those extraordinary moments. Yeah. But all that's been taken away. And I think it's not just for the artist, it's for the patron as well. Mm. And so, and knowing you and getting to know you over the last couple of years, I know how that hit you. Mm. Yeah. So how did you pick yourself up? Because (laughs) I want to get in, I want to get into the story of what you didn't, like you, you took what has beat a lot of us up and everyone's had to adapt and overcome and adjust. So let's talk about how you did that. I just, um, the main thing was that I needed to find something to focus on. Um, I needed to find something else that I enjoyed enough knowing that as someone who has had the privilege to work, um, in some incredible shows and stuff, but has also still trying to build my personal MT platform and my name and things. I don't necessarily have um, that platform yet in my eyes to be able to be like, here's a solo concert or let's do this, let's do that. And um, I feel like I've got the contacts to do it, but not necessarily always called upon to do that as well. So I was like, that kind of avenue has to have a door that's kind of half open, half closed at the moment where the MT was concerned. I was like, I'm never going to close that door, but I know that the opportunities weren't there for me. Um, So I had to just find something else to occupy my brain. Um, Cause I'm one of those people that I can't just sit around and do nothing. Cause I didn't know how long this was going to last. I think for the first couple of months, we still had the prospect of going back on tour. So we were being told, oh, okay, I'll see you in August and that's fine. So it wasn't until September, August time that I really went full scale with my PT training and um, my course, really. Um, By that point, from March to August, um, I did my level two gym instructor course and that was just distance learning, I bought the course like a year or so ago. I just never had the time or made made the time to actually sit down and do it. Um, so I was like, now I've been kind of blessed with the time. I might as well get straight into it. So that's what I did. By August, I had my level two gym instructor. And then 
when everything else kind of came more crashing down and we got put into a real lockdown, I was like, okay, I need to just go full hog with this really. And by, um, God, I don't even know the timeline anymore. I think it was by like November, I decided the distance learning was quite difficult for me. I was like, I, I prefer learning visually and with someone talking to me. So I upgraded my course and then completed my level three and level four um, master diploma PT in the next two weeks. So I, by, I think it was mid-November, end of, no, mid-November, I was a level four master diploma PT and a life coach fully qualified. That's crazy. Like the hours you <laughs> must have to truncate it in that time and you were yeah. doing it all online right so you online were for the level yeah for the level three and level four um that was completely online on on zoom um like a virtual clinic is what they called it um my tutor ben was absolutely incredible i couldn't have done it without him um and it was it was like a crash course it was nine to five on zoom for two weeks straight and you do your assessments with different people and you've kind of we had a group of about eight of us so it's actually quite nice it wasn't too packed it was um and then you do your assessments with a pair or I only had like one person with me as a pair and um yeah we'd like they'd invite into like the zoom call um an examiner and you'd just get tested there and then and it was crazy how it's all done, but it was amazing that you can do it like that as well, that they've, that they've find found a way to still get the courses going, um, and give everyone the opportunity to do that. How does an online assessment work? Talk me through that. So for something like our, our level three PT assessment, um, we had to do a zoom call separately with our client, which was my other partner um and record it on zoom so I had to do a consultation um had to do a full-on <laughs> PT session like an introductory session for an hour and we had to use other modalities obviously because we didn't have gym equipment so I'd use like resistance band we literally used a broomstick for a barbell like you it was it was a bit ridiculous <laughs> when you think about it but you have to find ways and means because obviously it's not necessarily about how much weight I'm putting on a barbell. It's whether I'm telling them how to use it properly and the form and everything like that. So, and instructing them properly, which is obviously what I'm being assessed on. So, and then you record the whole zoom call and then you send that in as your assessment. And then you have like a portfolio of written work as well that goes along with that. And then you submit it. So that was the level three and then in that, there was like a, a spin instructor qualification, which as long as you had a bike, you just did it all on Zoom and you just followed what they did. And then everyone had like a 15 minute moment where you had to teach everyone else on Zoom, share your music. And yeah, and you just kind of let let free to do it. Wow. And as long as you go through, there's obviously a criteria, as long as you hit every criteria, whether it's on Zoom or in person, you either pass or fail and that was it really and you just went through all the different assessments um level four which was um mainly a lot more written work and then the life coaching I had to just do the same thing on zoom 
and do a life coaching session with someone on Zoom and then submit it. So that was very strange because you didn't get that was all self-taught and self-learned through um, study and videos and things like that. That wasn't tutored to me. So that was quite difficult. Um, but I did literally like I won't say, oh, I found it easy. I stayed up till five in the morning getting my assessments done. So my deadline really? was complete. Yeah, because I was I was to the wire on my deadlines. Absolutely to the wire. <laughs> um, well, how could you not be? There's so much to get through. There's so much to do. <laughs> yeah, because I finished the level three, obviously, on the virtual clinic. And they were like, yeah, you've all passed. You've just got to send in the um, the written work. And I mean, the written work was over 200 pages of forms to fill out and of questions and it's it's like a an a level you know like it's it's a lot of work it's not just it's not as easy as i think people think it is i know there's a lot of qualifications on the internet where you can just get an easy pt qualification here and there but i did it through train fitness and they're they're studious you know um there was a lot to it um i think i was a little bit complacent <laughs> when i first was like ah oh, just get a pt qualification it'll be fine now, if you do it properly, look, you're talking to the converted here. Obviously, I have a passion for fitness. <laughs> I, I, that's why I found what you did fascinating because you're mm. it's in it's in a field that I love, but also I know the work it takes. And to yeah. have done it during this year we've had to come out with something. And like I said, you adapted, you adjusted, mm. and you overcame. And I think I was so proud of you because I knew <laughs> what you went through. And yeah. I know <laughs> I was moaning a I lot at the time. I was like, no, I'm tired. <laughs> I haven't got this done. I haven't got that. And you were like, how's it going? I was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but we we were texting, I think the day before yesterday or yesterday, mm. how in a saturated market, because like you say, almost anyone's a PT or anyone's offering yeah. online stuff right now. You just have to be, it seems like a, an Instagram model and you're yeah. a PT, you know, yeah. but when you, if you really look for the qualified and I, I learned quickly the difference because when I was getting in shape for Valjean, I worked with former bodybuilders. Yes. I worked with tier four people in Equinox in New York with Brian, who was a powerlifting coach. So the language, the knowledge, and as a tutor, or as a pupil, I should say, <laughs> when I was learning how quickly and quicker I got stronger and better at my moves when you're yeah. being taught by someone who knows what they're doing. Who actually knows what they're doing, um, yeah. And it yeah. is... It's, it and is... it's a big difference. Yeah, it is. It's very difficult. Now I feel like I've got more knowledge than I ever did because coming from the MT dancer background, certain aspects of it, you know, when you've been taught yourself, you know how to talk to people and you know more more from a, a form side and things like that. The technique of things comes more naturally. Um, but then you also have to realise that you're not dealing with other dancers or you're not dealing with, you're dealing with anyone and everyone as a client and yeah. I think when I got past the level three which a lot of people do and I went into the level four which is a specialist diploma in it so um you go more into I've, I've now got I can work with I'm, I can be GP referred um a client um to make a program for them if they're diabetic or they're obese so I can work specially with those people but a normal PT would have to refer them to other people and the problem we have these days it's the same as a nutritionist a lot of pts give out nutrition advice 
which is allowed. But if they start giving out meal plans and all of this, we're not actually allowed to do that as a level three PT. We can only advise people and we can give tips and we can do, like you can say, oh, I think you should be on X amount of calories and things like this. But you shouldn't be telling people exactly what they should be eating because you're not a nutritionist. And I think that is something that is really pushed to to the line in this in fitness industry, because a lot of people are giving out food advice here, there and everywhere. And that is something that if someone came to me and was like, I need help with this, 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 I'd be like, okay, that's cool. I can get you to a certain point. But if not, I need to refer you to a nutritionist. And I think there has to be an element of knowing your knowledge and your qualifications well enough to go. It's okay to refer people elsewhere and not have to be, oh, I need the client, you know? And I think my knowledge has really upped from that avenue as well and knowing what you can and can't say and what you're qualified to do as well because there's nothing worse than being with someone like what you were saying like when you were training for Valjean you went to the right people you could have just gone to anybody and probably been trained completely wrong and it might have took you six months longer but you didn't have the time to do that you know yeah and that's the thing I you know I I get asked a lot about fitness only through me sharing my passion for it on social media but that doesn't make me a trainer and that's why even if I put out a workout I'll always write I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) this is is only answering the question of like what did you do in the gym today yeah but that's that's completely harmless that's fine if someone's just being like so what did you do today in the gym I can tell you but that also doesn't mean it's going to work for them but they might just be inspired to do that it's not that's I think that's completely harmless it's when people are adding on the false knowledge to it or saying oh this is how you should do this when actually they don't have the qualifications backing to do that um I think like and that's where there's such a fine line um but I think that's just where I'm just so much more aware of it now whereas before I probably would have took the advice of all these people and just been like yeah tell me what to do whereas now I'm like no don't tell me what to do you're not allowed to do that (laughs) and so It's just being more aware, I think. Well, because I worked with such great uh, trainers, especially coming from ex-bodybuilders, like real deal, like Dalton, this my Canadian trainer, he was a tank, man. He was 53. <laughs> and he That's when you know when they're 53 and they still got to look like that. <laughs> you wish, a 20-year-old wish he had that body. And his <laughs> his uh, functionality was incredible. He's still doing the splits at that size. Yeah. So I learned a lot of, through him. And he was a natural bodybuilder, too. He just had great genes. You know, some people just have yeah. it. And some people have, have it, that great. in them, and that's very lucky. But what I, f- <laughs> what I found, and it's still evident today when you see on social media and all these plans that are out there. And mm. I find, I can only speak from my experience as a dude looking... I learned quickly that comparison is the thief of joy. Do not compare. Absolutely do not do that. <laughs> and you look at some of these it's photos. Difficult, and I think, though. <laughs> I'm like, these plans are good, but how come you're not telling people the PEDs you're on or the steroids mm-hmm. or the testosterone? Now, I'm not anti that stuff. I'm anti bullshit. At least tell people. <laughs> yeah, at least tell them that, oh, this is how I got this way. A lot of people who get this hero status, I'm not going to name any names, but it's obvious who they are. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm not saying it doesn't take hard work to get to what you're doing. Oh, yeah. But you're totally on some 
help to be that size at that age and that yeah. low body fat to the muscle density. I'm not saying you can't get extreme, amazing results naturally. Yeah. But come hard. on, let's, yeah. let's all be honest about it. At least be honest about it because there are a lot of people who are impressionable by it. I see mates of mine who look up to some of these people and I'm like, do they not think that mm. there's a little help along the way? Yeah. And that um, me and one of my friends this morning were literally, because um, I've released my plan this morning, this is what me and my friend were talking about. Because I was like, you know, I'm just a girl who has started this business since like a couple of months ago. I don't have X amount of followers and influencer, like that's not me. And, but we were talking about things like that. You know, you've got a lot of influencers out there that will, I can't, I'm not going to mention any names either. I'm being very careful about what I say. Um, They cash cash in on their following. Yes. Yeah. And, or they'll, they've released something and they'll be like, oh, this is how you should do this. And then years later or six months later, they're saying, this is how this happened or it affected me. And they're actually, and I was like, well, two years ago, you were telling me that was right. And now you're telling me that was absolute bullshit. Like what you said, you know, and now I was like, so what's right. But actually, maybe you're just going with the trend of actually, no, don't do this to your body. And it's like, but you did that two years ago. And you told me that that was the thing to do to get me in shape or get me this way. And I think that's what is worrying these days um, because it is such, it is a trend. The fitness uh, industry is a trend at the moment. And it is, which is great. People should stay in shape and look after yourself mentally and physically. That's amazing. But it also causes a lot of problems and that's where the whole life coach thing for me is has been really kind of empowering to know that I can help on both levels now and not just So tell me about life coaching I don't know much about that (laughs) term a lot yes sounds pretty cool (laughs) what what is it what is Um, how does someone look for it there's two different ways really you can either be GP referred um if you are at your GP what was that a a question can refer you to a life coach yes what would cause them to do that from my personal experience it was when I was um in a difficult place um mentally and there was it gets to a point where you're not you need to talk to someone so there's different people you can talk to and that's either if you're finding it hard as a life coach I kind of sit back. Um, it's not like therapy. And I think that's the thing that people get a little bit mixed up on because I don't have the qualifications to be someone's therapist. I just have the qualifications to sit down with someone and say, okay, what do you want to achieve in X amount of time? And I'm kind of like a goal setter. Um, but I talk to people with that goal set in mind from a PT perspective. So a lot of my clients will probably be health and fitness based, not necessarily like I don't know, something else. Um, but then that will come into like your emotional well-being and things like that. That's where the life coaching comes in as well. So um, for like my assessment, I actually used my sister because it's all I could do through Zoom. Um, and so I sat down and spoke to her about what goals she would like to achieve or where she felt like she was at in life or why have you come to me today kind of thing. Like Because a lot of people don't realise that they need a life coach because they kind of just say, oh, well, I'm going to tell myself to do this in X amount of time. 
but actually breaking down those goals to make them realistic and also make them scalable in your life um, is where people, I think, struggle because we can all say, oh, I said I was going to do this and I never got it done. And it's like, well, why? Why did you not get it done? What was the reasoning for that? Where was where was the boundaries or where were the restrictions? And that's where I come in to try and sort it all out and piece it together to allow that to be, I guess, doable. It's probably a bad word. Well, but. I think you said the, the, a great word there was scalable because mm. I think people sometimes look at the overall result and it can be mm. daunting. And if it's not, if you don't set those scalable goals and you, 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 it's those little victories that get you to the finish line, right? And if yeah, you haven't set that and you're and with a life coach, it'll help you be accountable for someone yes. who might not have that discipline. Yeah. So you have like check-ins X amount of time, like, but you you work on those together as well. You'll say, Well, what do you need from me as a life coach? Do you need to talk to me in two weeks' time? Or do you need to talk to me? Should we give it four weeks? And but you can talk to me at any point in those four weeks if you need me, and we can and it's about assessing the goals as you make them as well. Because if if someone has a weight loss goal or something like that, you know, it's not just going to happen like that. It's it's better to be sustainable and make life changes and behavioural changes to get to that goal is where I come in instead of just being like, yeah, do a fat loss program because it's not sustainable. Um, I, I think like I don't have I don't think they're a bad thing if someone needs to achieve something by a certain amount of time or just for themselves. But there then has to be the sustainable element afterwards, because then otherwise you go backwards, I believe. And and from personal experience, I feel like you can go backwards. And um, with the whole life coaching thing it is about it's just making things sustainable and making it realistic as well, where a goal is concerned. Um it's kind of a big goal setting thing, really. That's the best way to put it. But it is bringing that emotional and psychological well-being into it. And I think when you do break it down, I know for me, especially when it comes, whether it's fitness or music or learning, getting better at the banjo or guitar, when I have these little steps and you reach them, it, it keeps it fun as well. And ultimately, even going to the gym, it's got to be fun. It's not a chore. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm only doing this. Yeah, you you have to enjoy it. Otherwise, you you have to find another way of doing it. Because um, there are a lot of people that will just be like, oh, I've been told to do this, so therefore I'm doing it. A lot of people will come to me and be like, I've been told to go to a life coach. And then I'm like, well, why? And then I, I don't know. I'm like, great, okay, well, we need to break that wall down and talk to you then, don't we? Because there has to be a reason why someone is coming to me, whether out of their own choice or because they've been referred. There's There has to be a reason. and. I think the main thing is the whole why. The why is the biggest question all the time. So, oh, I've got this goal. Well, why do you have that goal? And a lot of people's goals are always either aesthetic or they're something about their life that they're not happy about. And I think the main thing that I have to do is figure out why. Why are you not happy where you are already? And a lot of that always comes down to like a self-esteem or a self-awareness. And that's where I have to kind of mold that person back to being okay with where they're at already and knowing that wherever you are now that is fine if you want to improve that that's great but why do you find that place where you are now so difficult to accept I think that makes sense um I think you're gonna be good at this I, I, I can see <laughs> you have, a pa- have a passion for it yeah I do now 
because a lot of it's online, like this thing you're offering is going to be online based for now, obviously. Yeah. Do you have a limit of how many you can manage? I've told myself that on this program, I'm only going to allow X amount of people. Um, I think I'm going to wait and see how much interest I even get because it's my first program. Um, but I have in my mind, I've got a limited amount of spaces because I want to be able to give my time properly to those people because all well and good saying, oh, this is because mine is a personal program. It's not everyone. Let's go on a fat loss journey. Everyone, let's do this because some people from when I did a little bit of like market research, some people were just like, yeah, I want to have like a transformation program in eight weeks. And some people were like, I'd really like to just get off the sofa. Mm. And that's it. Like, I just want to improve where I'm at at the moment. And that's where I kind of wanted to be relatable and let everyone have their own goal. And I don't feel like you can do that on a mass scale and actually be mindful and watch people's journey enough. If I've got 50 people doing the program, I don't have the time for that. And it just wouldn't be fair to be doing that to those people either. Like if I'm going to have a one-to-one session with each person, which I am going to do um, to start the program off to discuss their goals, I don't have the time for that. <laughs> and um, yeah. that's just being realistic with myself as well and allowing myself the right amount of preparation that I'm going to need to do it for everyone else. Um, so yeah, I've kind of got like around 20 would be amazing because um, I feel like I could deal with that workload but also allow myself the space to be able to work with those people properly well good for you and I love that you did all this during such an extraordinary time (laughs) I know some days were really hard to kind of keep going but you did and I I was so proud of you (laughs) and inspired it made me you know it I can take (laughs) I see what you do and I can take that for my own goals and whatever things I'm trying to accomplish and I think it's amazing that you did that. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> and I don't think for a second you have to worry about followers or lack of whatever. Yeah. Like you say, you're looking for a strong core to build your clientele. And mm. you're in it for the long run. You're in it for the right reasons. Because you're still, once things get back, I'm sure you're still going to get back to the stage. So you're going to have to juggle Hopefully. those worlds. Yeah. Do you we'll want to get back? Absolutely. Yeah, that's still my lifetime ambition and my love deep down and my passion. It's just nice to know that I have something that I enjoy equally as much. I think if it, right. I think for the fitness thing, I do it more for other people. It's not and that's where I get the enjoyment out of it because I know that I'm helping a lot of people. Whereas the musical theater industry, I do that for myself because it mentally makes me happy as anything. And I think it was actually my mum, because obviously we have at this time done like self-tapes and auditions and things throughout these eight months. And my mum being my mum, because she's the only one here, she was helping me with a script at one point. And she said the difference in you when you are doing this is ridiculous. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? I'm trying to play it cool. And she was like, no, she said, you are, you have a different air about you when you're doing this. You can tell how much you love it. And I was like, well, it's all I've ever done since I was little. That like, is what I've always wanted. So the fact that I can't do it at the moment is, yeah, devastating. But my passion hasn't changed. I know a lot of people have 
had to retrain and do different things in this time, but that hasn't taken anything from my love for what I do. So I just, yeah, I just hope that everything allows things to happen and we'll just see what happens for me. I don't know. <laughs> so two quick questions before you go. Okay. Well, to wrap to wrap up this, wrap how can up. people get in touch with you if they want to even just explore the idea of what you're offering with the fitness, life coaching? What's the best way to get um, in touch with you? Either Instagram or email. So Which my- are? My email is emily at emilysquibcoaching.com or my Instagram is, oh God, there's two. Have my main one. Um, Squibbly. You're going to have to link that because that's like hard to spell. It's my surname. S-Q-U-I-B-B-L-E-E-E-Y. I'm going to look it up. Okay. We'll link it all in. What made you smile yesterday? What New Year's Eve? I don't know. I, it doesn't matter. These oh, just in general. <gasps> so I always ask people, what made you smile yesterday? Friends and family. Okay. So you were surrounded by friends and family yesterday? I wasn't surrounded. I had my um, it was my mum and my dog here last night, which was lovely, but just um, still staying connected. Um, like having that moment of gratitude. I think I've keep having my moments of just being like, oh, it's nice that we still have ways of being in contact with each other. You know, we're very lucky that we have that. They didn't have that years ago. Um, so yeah, just staying in contact with people constantly. And yesterday I just had that moment of like, yeah, we are lucky. It has, it's been a weird, like, especially this month has been so strange, but at least like I'm still talking to people on the phone, texting around, like getting those happy new year moments in it's, it was nice. Yeah. I think that did still make me smile. What a great outlook. You're amazing. (laughs) First childhood memory that comes to mind that makes you smile. My granddad. (laughs) Go on. Yeah. um, Is it a specific memory? No, just him in general. Like we we grew up very, um, we're a very, very close family. And um, we grew up always around my nan and granddad. And... um, we lost him about, I think, oh God, I don't even know how long, I think it was 17, 18 years now. But um, so he's my fondest memory because he was like my best friend and probably one of my biggest supporters of what I do. So like my first ever show when I did when I was younger, he was like the one telling everyone about it. You know, my family were as well, but he, I just, I always remember him being so supportive of it. So I feel like if he could see me today, he'd be very, very proud of me, which is what I like to think as well. So <laughs> Yeah, I have him. no doubt he would be. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Emily, thanks for the hang. I truly, uh, I'm honest when I say, I think what you've accomplished has been nothing short of inspiring. I think Thank you're going to you. do so well in the fitness and life coaching side of things. And you're handling so. it in such a responsible way. <laughs> so I have no problem shouting you out. Cause <laughs> it's great. And I think you're, it's a real healthy way to start building alongside your your calling in life <laughs> but something you're equally passionate about and you're doing it yeah. for the right reasons you want to ha- you want to help people i think that's awesome yeah thank you for having me <laughs> hopefully we can see each other face to face soon oh, who knows <laughs> all right <laughs> darling, knows? we'll speak soon thanks for hanging with emily and myself please do check her out on instagram at squibbly 
with three E's, Squibbly Fire Fitness, or if you have any queries, please reach out to Emily with a DM or email her at emilyquibcoaching.com. You can get all those in the description to this podcast. I think Emily is going to make a great fitness and life coach. She's got a great outlook on things and will definitely be someone who can help you reach your goals by keeping you accountable and inspired. The Hang is produced by Dory Berestein and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at bpn.fm forward slash The Hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, a roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, official Ramin Karamlu. Music for my podcast is by my friends in one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live. They are truly a great band, and they are phenomenal live. Check them out. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.